With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A A podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Greetings and welcome inside the Jason Smith Show with my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where it is not often, Mike Harmon, it is not often that the New York Jets can add a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and clearly, that is the story of the day today, not Joe Biden with Charlemagne the God, no, no, not Denise Richards and her new look, no, no, clearly, the Jets signing Joe Flacco is everything we need on a Friday night. Yeah, it is one of the top entertainment stories that you could possibly put out there for us on a Friday night. (laughs) You know, obviously there's added movies to the Netflix worlds. You've got added 
movies to all your different streaming services and some lifting of restrictions so you can get out and about uh, over this Memorial Day weekend. But, uh, no, Joe Flacco was the news this morning, and I couldn't wait. I was falling over myself to get that text to you because I know Justin Frostberg was just going to take out a baseball bat and hammer you like it was office space and that fax machine. Oh, they're going to be selling Flacco Ravens jerseys in New York, Flacco neck braces in New York. It's going to be everything. All the Flacco memes are going to be redone. So to put him in a Jets jersey, here comes Joe Flacco with a one-year contract for $1.5 million in base pay and maybe $3 million with incentives. So not a lot of money for Joe Flacco, who's still not 100% healthy. Though uh, he does say, I will be healthy for the regular season. The Jets feel he'll be ready for the regular season as he missed most of last year with the Broncos because he uh, suffered a herniated disc, probably cleared for contact late this summer, but that's okay because we only have to hope that Sam Darnold, when he has his three or four games, he gets hurt or is out or gets sick, that that's when Flacco is ready to go. So as long as that happens and Flacco's ready for then, I'm okay. Just the curiosity of it all, because it begs the question, right, because we've been talking all about guys clearing medicals, uh, particularly when you still have Cam Newton out on the open market. And he didn't need a neck replacement, right? He didn't go Frankenstein like like Flacco and Peyton Manning before him. I just have to now question what the, what the thought process is from Newton, his agent, and what those conversations have been. Oh, here you are, not me. Let's make it. You're like, hey, why did Colin Kaepernick get a job? Now, why doesn't Cam Newton get a job? We've gone from that to Cam Newton. Why is Joe Flacco off a neck surgery when his play had obviously diminished? Yeah. So I'm just, look, it's just you got to raise your hand on it. I don't think there's a whole lot to it. I think it comes down to Cam Newton wasn't signing for a million dollars plus incentives. It's that simple. I think that's really what it's it comes that simple. down to. Raise your hands. Cam Newton want to be the backup quarterback of the New York Jets. The answer is most likely no. For a million not, and a half no. dollars, it's most likely no. That's not going to happen. No, but that that's the point, though. But that's the question everybody's going to ask. So I'll stipulate to this at four minutes after 7 o'clock, West Coast time on a Friday, as everybody starts writing their 4,000-word thought pieces or putting some makeup on to do a late-night hit about this, that that's where it goes down to. Cam Newton is not going to sign an incentive-laden deal to be behind a guy who has been given the keys to the kingdom because he ain't coming into a game unless Sam Darnold gets hurt. So the best scenario for Cam Newton remains sit and wait for somebody to get hurt. And then there'll be a buyer or a, a buyer's market. And he'll be the guy that will be able to control the narrative. Look, it's, it's about for, for any quarterback, it's about fit. When it's whether it's Andy Dalton or Joe Flack or anybody else. Why did Andy Dalton sign with the Cowboys? He, he most likely wanted to go home. Had a chance yep. to go back home and be play for a high-profile team. If he gets a chance a to play, team. things will be great. Yeah. yeah. You know, who, who, there's many reasons why guys sign where they do. Joe Douglas was the guy that wrote the glowing Jets general manager, Joe Douglas, who I got to be honest, when I saw Joe Douglas trending, when I went to my computer, I said, oh, boy, I, he made a move. <laughs> what did he do? Who did he sign? It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. Then I saw, oh, it's Joe Flacco. Look, 
Joe Douglas is that guy going back saying, hey, you know, I wrote a glowing review for Joe Flacco. He begged the Ravens when he worked for them. Draft Joe Flacco. Ozzie Newsom told that story so many times today. He begged me, begged us, let's take Joe Flacco. He's a first-rounder. So Joe Douglas is a guy that's been in on Flacco since he was a rookie in the National Football League, well, since he was a senior at Delaware. And here's a chance to come in and be a backup. And look, let's be honest, Sam Darnold missed time his first year. He got mono his second year. Uh, the Jets are 0-6 in those games. You have to plan now in the National Football League that your quarterback may miss time. Right? I mean, that, that's really what it is. You're hoping it's not 8-9 games, but if something happens and he's out for three or four games, what do you need? Can you throw a guy in and just hope he gets it? No, you want someone that, hey, if they have less reps, because that's the most important thing, you're not going to get the reps the number one quarterback gets. This is someone who, with less reps, can use his experience, has achieved, so I know he's played at a high level, and he can come in and keep us afloat for a couple of weeks. Hopefully it's only one or two weeks. Maybe it's two or three or two to four, but hopefully he can do that. And we go 500, our quarterback comes back, things are okay. This is why guys like Andy Dalton and Joe Flacco, to me, are underpaid. They're underpaid as backup quarterbacks because they're so valuable because of what they've done as starters. They've won games in the NFL. They've had big 400-yard games. They've played for a decade. They're smarts. They know they don't need a lot to get ready to go in and play. They are fine. As long as they're healthy, they can go in and play. These guys are really really undervalued. Now you're talking about getting Joe Flacco as a backup quarterback for a million and a half bucks. I, that's a bargain. Same thing for Andy Dalton with the Dallas Cowboys. It's a bargain because if they have to go play, okay, these are the guys you want. The Jets had to put Trevor Simeon in last year. He made it like you four leave plays. him alone. He made it like four plays. Hey, bef- that wasn't his fault. He Your made it four sucked. plays before Miles Garrett decided, ah, I'm going to knock you out of the game. Come and, on, and, tell me, and tell still me that wasn't a criminal act. Of course it was a horrible but, act, but still. That and you your th- offensive line basically decided they weren't playing in that game. Well, no, they did. They just weren't very good. That was No, That's that was one, one of the more pathetic effort they, they tried. games by a team you've ever seen. It's, well, because it was a bad offensive line. I think the guys tried. I just no, don't I think, don't think they, they were even very tried. good. <laughs> we're just going to let our guys get killed. We don't even care. Well, Luke Falk is like. going to be in there anyway. It we're took okay. took down my wildcat, jerks. <laughs> but that's really the thing. You know, it, it, that's what it is for teams. The guy, these guys are really undervalued. And look, the Jets are, are a team that clearly going forward with Sam Darnold, and they can afford to wait for Flacco for his health. At this point, he knows he's 35 years old. I'm going somewhere. I'm going to be a backup. What he has to hope for, and could I see this happening? Yes. If you want to play out the, hey, Darnold had a good run. Here's Super Bowl winning Joe Flacco, Joe Douglas's guy. You want to play it out? Okay. Darnold, something happens. He gets hurt, comes out. Can Joe Flacco come in? And have that Vinny Testaverde-like effect where suddenly, hey, because of his smarts, he, he gets the offense. He, he understands things at a higher level. And because of his experience, suddenly the Jets rip off a bunch of wins. Sure, I could see that. I could see that for Andy Dalton and the Cowboys, too. Mm-hmm. You know, is that possibility out there it could happen? Yeah. So that's another reason why I like it. If it's, if it happens and Sam Darnold stinks or, you know, and the Jets start two and five and they sit him down and suddenly Flacco takes off and, hey, look at what's happening right now. Look at that. I could see that happening. I could see Flacco getting the Jets to 12 and four and, you know, maybe a, a home playoff game in the playoffs. And, you know, they pull an upset there and they're in the AFC championship game. And, you know, they, they go into Kansas City. The defense stops Mahomes. He throws some picks. Flacco's in the Super Bowl. It's the big story. They play the C. 
Seahawks, and you know, because they have Jadavian Clowney because the Jets wind up signing him. He's the big difference. The Jets win the Super Bowl. I could see all those things happening. Look at you. I knew it wouldn't take long for you to get to positivity squared. Thought you'd have a little bit of excitement by this, even though we, we found every cool picture of Joe Flacco to send at you over the course of the day. I got so a lot of them. I got stuff well, where I'm like, is that Joe Flacco or is that Kevin Federline? I well, mean, really, you know what else <laughs> I did, though? It, it, to help you out, I also am sending uh, ink cartridges for your printer so you can print them all out uh, and build your own little shrine. Uh, to Joe Flacco, much like the trading cards that we've had up and around the studio for the last couple of years of all your favorite (laughs) Mets and Jets players. But it's to that point, right? You talk to a lot of guys that have been around the league, either in a front office or even a lot of players, and you go through that that time-honored tradition of what is the most important position on a football team. And almost to a man now, it's back, you know, quarterback, and then you expect either edge rusher or a cornerback or I need an elite wide out the way the game's played. Nope. Goes immediately to backup quarterback. Because how many times do we see a pretty good team get absolutely submarined because they've got nobody even remotely adequate to keep the the ship between the you know, the or the car between the white lines. How about that? We'll keep it there. And I, I didn't know what I wanted to put the ship between. Keep it in the slip? I don't know. But the the idea just being that the backup quarterbacks, it's just been a cesspool for so many teams. Yeah, we're 7-0. Quarterback got hurt. What do we do now? Crap. <laughs> now, Dan Marino but- can't really move laterally, and he never did as a player. How's his arm? You know, I mean, it's that kind of consideration. Or guys that, hey, we can, Favre is, looks good in those copper fit ads. How's he feeling? You know, I mean, it's that kind of situation for a bunch of teams where as soon as you go to your backup, you're going, all right, our season's done. We have to pray for the – look at the Chiefs last year. It became – when Patrick Mahomes went down, I was like, ooh, this could get dicey pretty fast because we didn't know the extent of the injury, right? It happened while we mm-hmm. were on the air. We're looking at each other going, wow, this is, uh, this is potentially something really terrible. And fortunately for the Chiefs, it wasn't. He gets back to action, and they keep going, and, well, Super Bowl champs. But it made everybody take pause for a moment as to how quickly, you know, with the snap of a finger, Thanos-like, everything changes. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. So while the Jets get Joe Flacco, the Seahawks, and we talked about this last night when it looked like it was going to be Devontae Freeman. Instead, the Seahawks wind up signing Carlos Hyde to a one-year contract. And I got to be honest with you. Last night we thought it was going to be Freeman, but now it looks like Freeman's upset and he could take the year off because he wants a better deal. I'm sorry you take a year off. You're not going to get more money by taking a year off. I wish uh, players would understand that, that if I take a year off, I'm not going to get more money than if I said it's not going to happen. Le'Veon Bell didn't get more money. Nobody gets more money when you sit out for a year. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that happens at this point is it goes to the, hey, play the waiting game and see if a team, again, it's a contender, gets desperate to bring someone off the scrap heap when someone gets hurt. But the Seahawks today signed Carlos Hyde for a one-year deal. He had a big year last year. He ran for 1,000 yards, six touchdowns for the Texans, played in all 16 games, only the second time he's done it. This is his age 30 season. And while a long-term investment in Carlos Hyde is not very good, the Seahawks, by fortifying their running game, I'm telling you, last 
playoffs, they would have been in the Super Bowl if they didn't lose both Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. They were steamrolling through teams, and then suddenly they had no running game. And it's let's bring Marshawn Lynch back, and suddenly you're trying to play in the playoffs with one hand tied behind your back. And still, they almost made it uh, to the Super Bowl. They won a playoff game and then lost in the divisional round. If those running backs were healthy, they would have been in the Super Bowl. And here's what they're doing, because knowing both these guys are coming off injuries. You know, Penny may not even be able to start the season. Carson, they're expecting back. But now you bring in Carlos Hyde, and you have you have decided, we know how good we are when we can run the football. We can't just leave it up to chance. we got to make sure we have three, maybe four good running backs in this stable that we don't have to use up all the time and we can keep fresh. And once we get to the playoffs – we are playing downhill. This is it. This is one of those under the radar huge moves by Seattle where when when they have great playoff success this year and we're talking about January or early February and here they are playing in the NFC Championship game and boy Carlos hides the difference he ran for 800 yards and Penny's got 750 and all. you're going to look back and go that oh by the way transaction in late May where Carlos Hyde off a thousand yard season was still sitting out there and the Seahawks brought him in this is one of those huge deals because when they can run the football they're great and if they could have run it last year they'd have been in the Super Bowl not the 49ers thousand yard rusher on the scrap heap Metcalf Lockett you added Greg Olson even though he's older and more injury prone between him uh, and the return of Will Disley who was on the radar for you fantasy owners for a little bit last year before he got hurt you got him you got Chris Carson I mean fantasy owners really sad now because they were watching him emerge as a yeah I can get him at value well now he gets pushed down but yeah three-headed monster yeah it's everything you need. Now it's just a question of how good is that offensive line, right? Can you get five guys to to play together? Because we know the Seahawks historically have had that, well, the first seven or eight weeks we're kind of figuring things out. And then we get moving, and these guys are at least moderately interesting and moderately productive the second half, and hopefully you're still in playoff contention. We'll see if they can get things running right off the jump when we get the season started. But a great addition Again, very cost-effective. Yeah, I mean, this is this is such a huge move. I mean, because if they could have run, just think about where they were at the end of the year last year. It was boy, the watch out, watch out. Look at the great season Russell Wilson is having, but watch out because they are sledgehammering teams up and down the field, running the football, and then boom, they lose Penny, they lose Carson. It's what can you do? I mean, this isn't, you know, everybody liked the 49ers offense, the way things were running and the way they ran the football. They had three good running backs, and Garoppolo certainly made plays. They have a couple of nice wide receivers, but that offense was built that way. Seahawks offense was built the exact same way with a better quarterback. But, you know, where would the 49ers been if they lost all of their running backs? Jimmy Garoppolo's not throwing them to the Super Bowl. It's not happening. But Jimmy. Russell, this, 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 it, was, it was set up. I mean, I, I really thought the, I said, hey, the Seahawks are going. They're that good. And then they lost both their running backs, and it was, well, they'll make it for a little while, and then eventually they're going to lose because they, they just can't line up with other teams on offense. But I'm telling you, this is a huge under-the-radar move. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NHL shocking everybody, no one more than me, because you look, what I tell you, Mike, of all the leagues that we're going to come back in the NHL, there's no way. You got players in Russia, Canada, all over the map, Czechoslovakia. They're not coming back. And here's the NHL, who now seems to be further along than any other sport in attempting to come back. This comes out from the NHL Players Association about an hour ago that the NHLPA executive board has authorized further negotiations with the NHL on a 24-team return-to-play format. Now, we talked about this the other Mm -hmm. night, which was where we have 24 teams coming back. The top four teams in each conference are going to get buys. Then you have five through 12 in each conference playing a playoff series. 
and then you're going to have the four winners of that, and then you're going to have your full one through eight in the East and one through eight in the West, and the playoffs continue from there. Uh, This was a plan that was thrown out there a couple of days ago. Again, it was bandied about, and now the NHLPA said, okay, yes, we like this idea, and now we're moving forward. Now compare this to the NBA for a couple of minutes here. The NHL's plan as it is, right, One, three, you know, 24 teams coming back to play. So that means the teams that, that aren't in playoff position aren't going to come back. And let's face it, our team's not in the playoffs really thrilled about coming back? Probably not. Is it going to be too tough to get them come back? Probably it will be. Because if Steve Kerr is telling you the Warriors, eh, we could stay, we could take, make or leave the rest of an NBA season, sure. you know, in the NHL, those teams aren't going to want to come back. So now you're going to have one through four in the East with buys. One through four in the West with buys. Five through 12 play these series, and that gets us to one through eight in the East, one through eight in the West, and then a playoff series. Now, the one thing we don't know about is what's going to wind up being the length of these playoff series. Will they all be best of seven? Will they be best of five for the first couple of rounds? That's still up in the air. But if this plan gets approved by the NHL and says, okay, we can do this, let's take this to the NBA now. Do you think this would work for the NBA? You're talking about the top four teams in each conference. They are going to get buys. Five through 12 are going to play series, and then you have one through eight in a true playoff, and then we begin the best of seven series, whatever the the NBA is going to wind up doing. Could this work for the NBA if they followed this model? Because the NBA and other sports have said, we're going to follow – people coming back and how they're doing it, right? If, if you mm-hmm. come back with a successful sure. way, it doesn't need to be an original idea. You know, it doesn't even, well, that's how the NHL does things. We're going to do it differently. The NBA has said, look, we're going to follow other, other models. You know, I, I read a, a story today that when I think bull riding came back uh, for the first time, uh, they were one of the last sports to, to not uh, – continue to to go on because of coronavirus, one of the first sports to come back. I read that a whole bunch of different sports call them about, hey, how are you doing it? How are you coming back with the fans? Like the NHL called them and UFC called them and many sports wanted to know, okay, what's your model? What did you do? How did it work for you? And that, first of all, before we get to if it works for the NBA, I love that part that nobody needs to be proud. Nobody needs to say, this is my idea or nothing else. We're all kind of working together. Hey, what worked for you might work for us. Let's see what we could do. Come back. I love the fact that these are the lengths that everybody is going to. And if this works for the NHL, I wouldn't be surprised if the NBA says, okay, let's float this out there as far as what we have coming back. Because the one thing the NBA doesn't have is a plan. They, like, they, they say they want to play, and they say they have a location, and they say the players want to play. Okay, how are we going to do it? Yeah, we have no idea. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, the rest of it, I have no idea. But the, all the other stuff they have. So could this work for the NBA? Well, yeah. I mean, on, on a million levels, yes. It's because the NBA players recognize, hey, you know, for TV purposes on both sides, they're going to say, well, this gets Zion in. This gets us our, you know, our emerging superstar. This gets a, You're going to have eyeballs anyway, but you want to take it next level. He's got a shot not only to to play again and, and roll through. And if nothing else, those those teams in that 10 to 12 range, you know what they treat it as? They treat it like bowl game practices. Here's another month we get to work together and start working towards next year. Sure, some of them leave via free agency uh, and, and just get bounced, but, you know, there are going to be the opportunity to work. But I think the NHL is interesting because maybe we didn't notice it. Maybe we didn't do the deep dives to try to find it. This wasn't front and center. 
I mean, they just kept their mouths shut and were trying to come into some sort of arrangement without a bunch of people in the media doing huge interviews and coming up with big theories, right? We didn't have a lot of test balloons on behalf of the NHL, and I give them credit for that. As for all the other leagues, you know, Dana White said, hey, a bunch of people were calling me as to how we were doing procedurally. That's fine, but it's one-on-one combat, so it doesn't apply necessarily to the group dynamic that we have here. But you take the learnings, and it's all about transparency. That's all anybody's asked, and that's for all our governmental friends listening wherever you are. Transparency. Tell people the truth uh, about what's going on. And for the leagues, they need to do that for each other because that's the only way uh, this can move forward is learning from the, the positives and where the pushback is from the players or from team officials and those that would be part of any entourage, right, of any group that's being either in the bubble city or are being allowed to travel as skeleton, skeleton crews, however it comes together. You need to be transparent because that's the only way we can have – you know, true data that we can work against going forward. You know, this idea works many ways if they did this for the NBA. Okay, just just think about, yes, I mean, getting Zion in is great, but I mean, you're coming back from a pandemic now, and I think getting Zion in the playoffs is is a little far down on the list of priorities. Just coming back, you know, it doesn't matter for fans. I was trying to just be facetious of getting Zion in. But they will. No, I mean, look, that's something that that would actually happen. I I can, you know, look, it's part of it. It's it's not a bad thing. Let's put it that way. It goes deep enough to get all your stars in. Sure, and it would have been a bigger story if you're talking about a regular playoff. Sure, no, I get that that but if you do this for the nba one through four get buys in the east one through four get buys in the west five through 12 play five through 12 play okay you're allowing a lot of teams who really out and out stink to get a chance to beat a five seed so is that the fairest thing that hey look we did enough to qualify you know near the top half of our conference and we get to play a series against a you know a team that's 21 and 40 you know i don't know that that works but it's a different year for the nba so maybe you can just say suck it up and go do it mm-hmm. so okay i could get past that part of it and then you get to 1 through 8 in each conference so you never know you might get a big upset or two that sure. that would wind up doing okay uh, you know it, it might wind up being something that turns out to be exciting uh, I, I like to think the nba is going to go Okay, how many teams do we have to go through to get the Knicks in? Let's see, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, perfect, yes. The Knicks are the 12 seed. Let's let them in. They'll play the Pacers in the first round. Yes, 1 through 12 works. So <laughs> could I see that? All right, then you have a 1 through 8 uh, playoff series. If this first round was best 3 out of 5, I know Adam Silver is very uh, gung-ho on the idea of best of 7 for playoff rounds, but this would kind of be an extra playoff round. So I think you can you can figure that out. Again, a lot of these things I think you can you can figure out. Then you have 1 through 8, you have some teams uh, 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 at the top with the buys coming back. They'll play they'd probably play exhibition games, you know, so they could stay sharp uh, against each other. Mm-hmm. I would assume that you would see a team like the Lakers would play a couple of exhibition games against the Heat or the Raptors. You know, maybe we don't see you until the NBA Finals, but we, we have to get some games in. However it works out, I could see all of that, except I just can't see, and this is, this is what I, I keep coming to, is that I just can't see the NBA going to a – being able to get 24 teams worth to come back and play. 
right? 24 teams. I, I, I can't see it. Everybody I, wants I, to get paid, Jason. I, I know they that, do, but, but No, there's... but, I mean, look, in, in the end, you got a lot of guys that are working out. They're playing together anyway, right? We had the report earlier this week. Hey, LeBron's been having these meetings and, and playing with one or two players at a time, and I bet you if everybody really cared, they'd find the star player on every other team doing the same. They're staying in shape. They want to play, and they recognize there's still a lot of cash out there that they don't claim unless they figure out a metric by to get back to work. And you're going to get I, a I think full training made, camp to get back at it. They've you've made had a two decent months where you've been sequestered with your family. You probably had uh, your fill of them at this point. So now you want to get back to work. Yeah, look, I look at James Harden who said, I don't know that we should come back until we take care of this. There's going to be players who don't want to come back because – there's going to be players on the lower teams, on the Cavs and the Hawks and the Pistons who are going to say, why are we coming back? Is it really then don't, that Then don't deal? come back. Then there's going to be the – well, that's the thing is then you're not going to be able to feel the team. And then the, the no, Hawks you'll are find, going to have, you'll find 15 guys that will wear a jersey and show up. And, and, and the Hawks – but th- then you get to a point where, okay, now – you are staying home because of a coronavirus. You're very, you're very nervous about playing and getting sick and getting it and, and getting a disease that you, that you could die from. I mean, probably you're looking at the numbers up, but nobody wants to get it, obviously. And now, now you're punishing me. You're still going to play without me. You're going to go forward and find players who are uh, going to show up off the street. No. But, I, but I Jason, know, in the end, though, what, what's that? the percentage that have to approve it? Because if you're telling me it's 100 percent, then we shouldn't do anything ever again. By your by by the no, way no, you no. put listen, this out, listen, like no, we're, no, we're done. When, when you say stuff like that, I, I can't. I, I feel like this is not going to happen forever. All right? Anytime. To, well, if you're not going to do it now, no. This doesn't mean we're not going to do it ever again. It just means that this is July, and we've been living with the coronavirus pandemic for a few months. It may take a little bit longer. It doesn't mean that we're never going to do it again. Everybody wants to jump to that conclusion of, oh, it's never going to happen again. No, this will happen again. It's just going to take a little bit of time. You can't hit fast forward on the. DVR button to get to times four to get to where you want to on the coronavirus. Oh, I want to get past it. All right, now we're past it. No, we will. No, get past I'm not it. saying that it's either. And you're you're putting that in my mouth. The, no, the bottom just, line is you've got to figure out what, that. what is acceptable. What's back. an acceptable threshold is the question. Exactly. That's and the I'm question we keep asking. You have NBA players that have made 75% of their money that got paid. They got paid the majority of their cash. And for tw- to ask 24 teams, I don't think you're going to get those numbers. Could you get eight? To 10 to 12 teams coming? Yeah, you get half the lead to come back, sure. I told you I think you should go top four in each conference. And you're getting eight teams back with championship aspirations that are all very good. You could get that. But 24 teams that really want to come back, is it really worth it? Are you really going to have an NBA season if the you're talking about teams 10 through 12 in each conference have to get six guys off the street to come out and play and play some kind of crazy-ass playoff format? I don't but think to your that, point, that's going to you might have guys on those top four teams in each conference that don't want to come back. The top four teams, if you're coming back to say, wait a minute, we could play three rounds and we're going to be away from our families for a month maybe and we can win a championship and not have to worry about a first-round upset. It's a, okay, I'm in for this short Yeah, but you now have just dismissed all of the, the health scares that you were citing for everybody else. I've said you can keep people healthy and it's safer if you're keeping less people than more people. How much easier is it going to be if you're talking about sequestering eight teams versus 24? You're talking about three times the likelihood that you're going to expose players to coronavirus. I don't, know that ta- it's th- I don't know that the math is one-to-one there, but sure. You're, well, well, eight teams <laughs> versus 24. You're talking about three times as many versus 
eight teams, all right? Because eight times three is 24. That no, I, 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 I understand how the, math the, works. The, the, I just don't know that, of, you're, like we that did the last virus time. necessarily works just by multiplying the, the, like well, that. Okay, what's <laughs> it, okay, if you have eight teams worth of players, right, it's easier to keep a handle on the coronavirus and you're not going to have as big an outbreak as it's if you have smaller community, from 24 sure. people, right, from 24 teams. So my point is if it's there's less, you'll be able to sell those teams because the teams that want to – look, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, these teams with championship aspirations that really think they can win, if you're telling them, hey, come back, it's going to be three and a half weeks. We're going to train. We're going to play a couple of games. We're going to play three and a half weeks, and we're going to crown a champion. Okay, I'm excited. I get back. We can win a championship. I'm only away from my family for so long. Then you get players who are playing for the Hawks and the Cavs and the Suns and the T-Wolves and the Warriors. And, oh, by the way, the Warriors really have no desire to come back and play. Is it going to be easy enough to get them coming? Are they really going to say, well, I'll go collect more of this money. I'll collect this amount of money, this more amount coming, or I can stay home and really I've gotten three quarters of my salary already. So it's really not that big a deal. We're in the offseason anyway. I just, I, I just can't see you getting that large number of people who want to come back to make a 24 NBA uh, playoff or type season-ending tournament getting into it, I don't see you getting those numbers. And I don't necessarily agree that everybody's going to walk away from 25% of their money. I mean, (laughs) that you're not going to have enough guys on each team that try to leverage the rest of the guys on their squad. So if, I, I, th- I think it's the, the great impasse here because I think, I think on those top teams, you're, you're telling me there's not going to be a little bit of coercion on a few guys who maybe from the, from the health side of things are a little reticent. There's going to be convincing all throughout the league. Yeah, but if players wanted their money, we would have heard more about them wanting to come back before the NBA having to text them to say, do you want to continue the season? <laughs> I mean, really, if, if they really wanted to play, it would have been, we got to get back. We got to get back. We're itching to play. What's our plan? We got to do it. We got to do it. It would have been, we got to open. We got to open. Instead, we're not getting that. We're not getting that from any athletes, really. It's, okay, what's the plan? Let's make sure. I don't know about this. I'm still feeling really nervous. Look, the rest of the country that wants to open up, there's a, uh, you know, a certain percentage of the population that's ready to go now, and I think the majority of the population would like a safe reopening. They're all, hey, I'm ready to open the country now if we, you figure out a way to do it safely. But w- what athletes have stood up and said, what's our plan? We got to play. We got we, we, we to gotta figure out a way. There's been nobody. There's been not one athlete who has led in the way of we need to come back and come back now. Not one Major League Baseball player. In fact, the only ones we've gotten have been the guys saying, hey, I'm not coming back unless you're paying me, Blake Snell and Bryce Harper. We've not, LeBron has not stood up and said, let's go, what's our plan? Where is he trying to figure this out with Adam Silver? Because everything else he figures out with Adam Silver. So where has he been figuring this out? We've not seen that from anybody. You know, and, and so I'm wondering, just even though the money is not there, we always say people want money. If that money was at stake and it was a big deal, we would have seen more people, more athletes saying, let's do it. How do we do it? How do we do it? And, and we haven't seen that yet. Well, I think part of it goes to what we're talking about with the NHL plan in general, right, is those guys were quiet. And knowing in this age of social media and hot take debate, I mean, you, you want to be the next Blake Snell? I mean, look at how he and Bryce Harper were crucified. Everybody forgot the first half of the statement, which was the risk management of, all right, if you want me to go do this and health, and obviously Snell took it to the extreme of of dying, but he did have the health as the main components. Like, all right, if we're going to do this, then you got to pay me. Like, I'll risk it if the price is right. And I think there's probably a lot of guys that would say that, but they're not going to come out and, and be the the one. I mean, Chris Paul's, 
as the Players Association guy is saying it, and that's coming from the executive committee and all the, the top players, right? He became their spokesman in a round of interviews. So they're saying it and they're working out and, and trying to, to figure it out. They don't all have to get behind a microphone to do it because if it doesn't happen, then everybody starts calling, well, you didn't have enough power. You were the fall guy and took the heat for the league. And, you know, some guys just aren't going to be comfortable with that right now. Twitter at how about a fresca? Mike gets swollen dome. The Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon again. The story: If the NBA adopted the NHL's plan right now, which is going forward on a 24 team return, they would play some kind of playoff where one through four in each conference gets a bye. Five through 12 would play series to get to eight in each conference. Then you have one through eight, one through eight. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I thought we were done with The Last Dance, but apparently not. Nah. Uh, Long-time NBA reporter, he's covered the Chicago Bulls for a long time, Sam Smith. You've heard his name at the crux of many storylines involving the Last Dance documentary. Uh, Sam Smith, who wrote the Jordan Rules very famously back when he covered uh, the Bulls in the 90-91 season. Uh, Michael Jordan and Horace Grant had the big disagreement during the Last Dance while it was broadcast. As Horace Grant says, Michael thinks that I'm the one that was telling Sam Smith everything and telling all the secrets of the Chicago Bulls. And Sam Sam Smith and Jordan, they've had a, uh, the relationship has been very, very difficult. And Sam Smith has made a bunch of headlines, interviewed for the, uh, for the documentary, of course, covering the Bulls as long as he does. He still writes for the Bulls, actually. He still writes for them for their website. And so Sam Smith goes on Dan Patrick today, and he talks about the topic that no one will give up. The did Michael Jordan really get food poisoning before game five against the Utah Jazz? Was it a bad pizza that he ordered? Why was he the only one to eat the pizza that he got sick after? Supposedly he spit all over the pizza so nobody else would have it. Or was it food poisoning? Or was Michael Jordan out late at night? What, what was the deal? It's not a flu game. Maybe it was a pizza game. What was it? Well, Sam Smith goes on Dan Patrick earlier today, and he really let it fly on Michael Jordan, saying this is more of a, this is based on a true story than it was a true story of the Bulls. Because look, what have I told you from the beginning? This is Michael Jordan's version of the Bulls. This is his biography, and he is slanting the story with final cut, final word, notes on episodes. He's the real producer of this documentary. So you're seeing people who are now questioning the accuracy of this because this is Michael Jordan's version. Here's Sam Smith saying, I don't know that it was a bad pizza. I don't know that it was food poisoning. I don't know that it was the flu. It could have been this. He was ill. There's no question. I think he had something that wasn't as manly uh, as maybe some other uh, episodes. I think what they were doing, they were going up to Park City in the mountains in, in the ski area uh, to stay. That's where they stayed. So they had a practice in Salt Lake City. So they kept coming in and out. And I, I think it was altitude sickness. The, the symptoms that he had fit that much more than anything else that he had. So this is now Sam Smith saying it wasn't pizza. It wasn't the flu. Now it was altitude sickness. He was really just out of shape and he City. didn't train like an Olympian. Yeah, I mean, look, I went to Park City a couple of years ago. Park City's fun. I don't remember feeling the altitude when I was there where I had to drink a lot of water because there's certain places you go, where you know, okay, the altitude is up here. You got to drink a lot of water. I don't remember that. I mean, maybe I did, but it doesn't matter because now you have three stories on what was wrong with Michael Jordan, the big game he had, you know, fighting through the flu, now food poisoning, now it's, it, it could be altitude sickness, all of these things. And now you have Horace Grant questioning how things were presented in, in the documentary slash Michael Jordan biography. Scottie Pippen is not happy. Isaiah Thomas is not happy. There have been some inaccuracies that have been found already. But by and large, we're getting the story, and we've gotten the story of the Bulls. This is how the last dance is going to be remembered as as 
Time is always the best thing. The further you are away from a topic or from something, you can understand its impact and, and what it was really all about and what it stood for. And I'll tell you this. We're going to look back at the last dance because now you're going to get a slew of sports documentaries in the next few years. Tom Brady's got a nine-hour documentary coming Mm -hmm. out next year. Lance Armstrong. Look, what you're going to see is the true legacy of the last dance is the Wikipedia entry of the last dance is going to be this. It was one of the most influential sports documentaries of all time. It fostered controversy amongst the people involved, including Michael Jordan, who the documentary focused on. And it is widely credited as helping interest in sports documentaries get to the next level where they have become more of a normal part of our entertainment consumption. That's going to be the legacy of The Last Dance. It's not going to be that it's accurate. It's not going to be that it was a true documentary. It's going to be, wow, this came around, and look at the viewers it got, and this is going to be the breakthrough sports documentary that took sports documentaries from, hey, it's something we're interested in, and then you have sports documentary versions of Tiger King where everybody is watching this one, and everybody's watching the Kobe one. Everybody's going to watch the LeBron one, and, and you're going to see that. That's going to be the real legacy of Last Dance is that it took this format that was popular but still wasn't nearly it's not as popular like streaming a television show or streaming a big movie or a movie series but this is going to be what's credited with getting sports documentaries to that next level where they become partly on that level of tiger king and other things we've seen that's going to be the true legacy of last dance yeah i mean and we've certainly seen them celebrated in the whole 30 for 30 series and even before that i mean fox has done some fantastic stuff through the years that that documentaries and quick reviews of big moments but you know in the end jordan cuts through it away how, how many guys do right there's just so much mystique because there, there wasn't a lot of talking I think because they were afraid of him, most of them. And the guys that weren't, they were the guys that didn't talk. How many times you ever hear Robert Parrish really talk to anybody? <laughs> There's a lot of quotes from Robert <laughs> Parrish out there. There's not a lot of video of Robert Parrish talking to dudes. And Bill Cartwright was a coach for the Bulls for years. There weren't a lot of big interviews with him. Now he's everywhere. But it's the, the idea that you, you cut through all, all the noise. And, and yeah, it, it's going to start a, a gold rush. You're going to have a lot of prominent filmmakers. You tell me Spike Lee's not going to look at doing a Knicks thing right now? Whether oh, of it's course. against James Get Dolan ready. or just in general? Get ready. Here's uh, We need 78 hours of how bad the Knicks suck. Hey, hour one, 2002, the Isaiah Thomas years. I mean, yeah. yeah how about he just, how about he just does those. one for me uh, of the uh, Carmelo Anthony Rookie of the Year uh, snub? <laughs> Did you, you saw that tweet going around today? Yeah. The only guy to win Rookie of the Month every month and then not win the actual award? <laughs> Which is amazing, but hey. You know, it's a, but you were with LeBron James, you lose. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah, it's going to yeah. be hard to beat anything for LeBron. But I mean, but look, I think this... that's where where it goes from there is that you're going to have a bunch of guys that have been either breakthrough filmmakers or this is going to be the way to make their bones if they're close to an athlete, right? Because this is going to have some of Brady's stamp on it. This next one, just like Jordan's did, right? His production people are involved, so you'll get to craft and tailor the message to what you want it to be. 
Twitter at How About a Fresca, Mike at Swollen Dome, the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Look, we're, we're going to get all the knockoffs and mm-hmm. what's trying to be this. Look, now ESPN's trying to they, – they have the, the director of the Lance Armstrong out doing interviews now going, I guys have – I follow Lance Armstrong for 17 years, and I have 36,000 hours of interviews with Lance Armstrong. Okay, yeah, I mean, people will watch it. And then they will move on. But the big Why'd you docs, try to crush all those people's lives? I mean, look, <laughs> but, but <laughs> I mean, that's docs, really the only question I need an answer to. You know, but the thing is, is that the, the, the magic bullet for sports documentaries is that we need to know things that we didn't know before. Right. And, and is Lance Armstrong going to tell us something that we didn't know? You know, we know everything. The Tom Brady stuff. What's Tom Brady going to tell us about his Super Bowls that we didn't know? If we had a documentary on Mike Tyson's life, what are we going to find out about Mike Tyson that we didn't already know? If we do a documentary on Tiger Woods' life, what are we going to find out about Tiger Woods we don't already know? Jordan came up in the 90s, before the age of social media. Anybody who has come up since social media has blown up and since it's in, in, in the post-2000 era in which they have continued their lives and careers, we know all of this. Yeah, Tyson was big in the 90s, but Tyson's star power and everything that went on continued on in the 2000s, and he stayed a relevant uh, athlete and personality so we know all about the Tyson stuff the, what are we going to find out about the boxing stuff we didn't already know Mike Tyson's career was front page news everywhere we went because he was about controversy Jordan wasn't and we're fine we found out now okay here's things about Jordan we didn't know we didn't know Jordan wanted to throw his teammates under the bus the way he did we didn't know Jordan wanted to make sure that he he settled scores with all these people the way he did <laughs> I just don't know that we're going to find out stuff about people that's a oh wow I didn't already know that but we're going to we're going to get an attempt at it and it and like i said last dance is going to be credited as this is the one that was the birth that birthed all of these other ones and this explosion of sports documentaries that we currently have sure and when ben roethlisberger's comes out it's just going to be the list of people he's blocked on twitter no new footage <laughs> hey that roethlisberger doc is eight hours long he's got a lot of people he's blocked on twitter yeah, that's an enemy's list for the ages man <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. 
around. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.